So much has happened in the past week, so we've lots to discuss on tonight's show. We were mull over the struggles some teams had in the FA Cup, and the four, four provinces are faring at, at home and in Europe, as well as crossing the pond and having a catch of what's going on in the NFL and the UFC. But first, let me ask the question. We had two three-all games over the past two nights, and also had another game where Defoe scored three goals. This week on to know, which two footballers who are currently still playing professional football have the most premiership hat-tricks, and how many do they have? He's got that. Do you understand the question? I do. So, most hat tricks in the Premier League of a player who's still playing football somewhere? Yeah. There's two of them who are on joint highest at the moment. Point for each? I'll give you a point for each. Okay. Yeah, and then an extra point you can get how many they've scored and how many hat tricks they have as well. Correct. Okay. But you don't get it, if you just get the number of hat tricks, you don't get a point for that. So, it's a bonus point for getting the two players and the Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so as we jump straight into last weekend's FA Cup action and uh, the Friday night game Chris your beloved Liverpool their second string squad the reserves against Exeter yeah reserves and the kids um, weren't great Fun <laughs> 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 a mile there is it yeah well we were talking about earlier about how how Enrique's decline and he was one of the senior members in that team but I just think the whole, a lot of the, the players just didn't perform. He was out of position and he's had a lot of problems with injury. I thought the captain on the night, Benteke, I'm not sure like what leadership qualities he has, but he was he was the big name on the team sheet. You're kinda expecting him to lead by example or something and he was he was non existent. Um a couple of the young lads did quite well. Um Brannigan especially was quite lively but it wasn't from my point of view until Ojo came on in the second half that we really threatened he um, he created one down the left hand side and had to put another few crosses in he was he was the one bright spark for me um, a good finish from Sinclair to be fair in the first half but he didn't really get much service apart from that um, Adam Bogdan was <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I'm interested in how you describe his performance he was made to look like a, a decent keeper with what Mignolet did against Arsenal but we can, <laughs> we can talk about that later um, yeah from the from the, the corner um, I don't know what he's doing just, there's no one how are you going to keep it out of goal in from the corner Stephen hey eh? It's being coached though at Liverpool. It's obviously they're obviously being told, look, don't worry about the ball going directly in the net, that's not gonna happen. Go out and try and claim the cross. <laughs> Just go for and a they stroll. Did. <laughs> like for it to happen once is was bad from Bogdan, but to happen the very next game like This wasn't it. That's directly from a corner though. Not far off. Not yeah, far off. Yeah. Like, sure Lalana went walkabouts. Yeah, Lalana wasn't great, but I mean just Mignolet's body position like apart from anything else like if the ball hits off and it's going into the net like he, 
he's pointing into the goal as opposed to away from it. As he said, I'm sure we'll talk about this in mm. more detail later on. But um, yeah, yeah. Bogdan, I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Like under no real pressure, he just kind of wanders a bit out off his line and then realizes he's not. The, the ball's going back the opposite way, and he just kind of swings out of the crossbar while the ball's going into the back of the net. I'm still surprised you signed him actually. We signed him because he had a great game against Liverpool in the FA Cup. But isn't that not just like players no, picking up their performance when a big team exactly? He was Bolton's number two or number three, and he got to play against Liverpool in the FA Cup last year. I think it was nil all at Anfield, and he was man of the match by a mile. And off the back of that, we signed him. And that's some transfer uh, policies have there. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> the committee <laughs> using team resources. Well against you, though. Like, so we, bought, we, we had Southampton, though. United had no. So Southampton, yeah. <laughs> you bought half your team, team played well against you. But I suppose United had that transfer policy a bit. But like when we did it, we played against Sporting Lisbon. And that that's doing chap called Cristiano Ronaldo. We we thought he had a good game against us. So bring him in. That kind of worked out all right. Nanny, not so much. Nanny, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. He's still um, doing doing pretty well. After Avanti <laughs> set up Van Persie for two this week. Van Persie scored a good goal this week. Yeah, those two um, are having a nice Indian summer. Yeah, speaking of United, though, Stephen struggled against Sheffield United in the cup. Yeah, um, struggled against every team they've played against this season, pretty much. Barring hopefully that continues into Sunday. Well, I was going to say barring <laughs> the barring the game against Liverpool in the season where the second half they they showed up and, and played pretty well. Um, they were pretty good against Chelsea as well. Nil all. <laughs> Kind of your favourite game no, no. the perfect Normally, score but, uh, <laughs> now it's it looks as though Van Hal kind of we, we don't know if it was a one-off against Newcastle but it looks as though that game as well as the other games have kind of transformed his his thinking that he's going to get fired if he sits there and, and plays for nil all and one nils he has to go and attack now it didn't work exactly because the defence was shockingly bad they went and scored three midweek and conceded three but Against Sheffield United, there was any chance of them conceding, but highly unlikely you're going to score either. So he needs to figure out a way to get them scoring without being defensively weak. Yeah, so I suppose is, is what every manager has to do. But found the ball. I suppose, I suppose Sheffield United were just getting tired at that stage as well. Yeah, like United had had the pressure, it didn't create much, but when you have the ball for so much of the game and have so much possession, then the team defending it takes one mistake, it takes one lapse of concentration, and they're not used to playing teams of. Of the of my eyes quality, they haven't been in the top division for, for a number of years. So, like I said, they got tired. They make a mistake and laughing at a penalty. It's unfortunate for them. Like yeah. it's always horrible to see that. And these extra get the like the replay and the money they get for Sheffield United. Yeah, for Exeter, it's, it's huge. Like, and that's like even if they went out two nil, three nil in the in the replay against the United. They they've had that victory. I don't know victory, but they've had that day out. They've kept United to a clean sheet. They bring them back, even if they lose. They've had a good result. Whereas and now it's, it's, oh yeah, but and now it's always it, it's painful for the players. They were so close. Yeah, your man gave away the penalty. Camera was saying them. He was good as well. You could see it in this place area. You would be in fairness. It's like even if, if even if you're playing five side and you're and you're playing against good players and, and you're playing well against them and then they nick a late goal. It's heartbreak there. Never mind playing in Old Trafford yeah. in front of eighty thousand people. So was, there wasn't that many shocks in the first round of the FA Cup. So was Swansea getting knocked out by Oxford probably the biggest one. Yeah, and I suppose the Liverpool draw with Exeter would still be pretty yeah, big. A few lowly teams. To be fair, with the team with Exeter with, with your yeah, the, the squad turds, makes it less turds, of a yeah. shock. On, on paper, it would be, and I suppose Bolton only getting the draw as well. Yeah, compared to the odds for Exeter were 
think it was five to one. Yeah, well, I mean, as much as we played the kids, we did feel the player that cost thirty-two million. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. But, we, um, but you didn't feel eleven of them. Like yeah. he was playing next to two players. If you, even if you look my at my age of under forty, the lower like Bogdan is what. Bolton second or third choice but Bolton are still what a division above Exeter like even these players with championship experience are still far greater to what Exeter are used to playing against but they're playing we can we get with each other and exactly and that, and it, it, that's a big thing when you when you make so many changes that the team has never played together before like Elori was starting his first game for us and coming from not getting a game at Aston Villa it's very difficult to you mentioned Enrique playing out of position yeah, and some of that as well it's just it's not easy but you kind of you expect higher quality players to be able to cope with that and maybe that's a little bit unfair to, well, to put them in that so scenario when you're playing uh, if you're playing for a club like Liverpool like you know if you're expected to slot in and you're expected to do the job yeah, but if you do a comparison between that result and a similar one last year where my idol got 4-0 to MK Dons if, oh, you, if, if, if you're putting well, yeah, if you're putting 11 new players into a team who've never played before they're a mixture of first team second team reserve like it, it, it shows that Playing as a team and getting used to playing as a team is every bit as important as raw talent. As, as we see, as we'll see, kind of later on in the show, I suppose that's how Leicester are doing so well. The kind of same players playing week in week out with each other. Exactly, it's like teamwork and being able, to, especially defensively. If you're playing with four players around you who have never you've never played with you, before, yeah, you might need to speak their language. You're if, saying but if you play them every week in the back four, you know they're going to step up with you because they're used to what you're. Exactly, so you have to be more careful and more cautious and more mistakes will happen I think like two all you're still in the cup if you do want to take it seriously feel a strong team and there you go job you're done you're yeah. the fourth round yeah, speaking of the fourth round then I suppose so United away at Derby Liverpool have to play extra again but they could face West Ham yeah try and avoid a third loss to the Hammers this yeah, year three in a row and tough game for United away at Derby yeah, they're doing well in the championship at the moment yeah um, they're they definitely might play off outside this season. They're always there, thereabouts, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and the way we're playing, there's no guarantee. Like mm. it was, if it was home, you think, okay, should do enough. But yeah, I think I think the only all Premiership tie is Palace v Stoke at the moment, and there could be a few more, like we said, Liverpool West Ham and stuff. But yeah. So a lot of a lot of chances for upsets in round four. So was well, that's the thing because there was I think was there five all Premiership ties in the third round. There be a couple more. Right, Half the Premier League team, they're basically gone by the fifth round stage. So it does it does give the League One, League Two teams a chance to to get that far because obviously if Premier League teams are playing each other, then the League One, League Two teams are aren't playing Premier League teams. So yeah, true. Um, moving on, looking at the Premiership, I suppose midweek actions this week, and uh, I don't know, I I forgot about it at the start for the predictions and all. It just <laughs> just caught me off guard. It did. <laughs> But uh, so was none of us had a good week of predictions and bet wise, did we? No, not at all. Uh, what, a lot of what, shocks. Yeah. yeah, so I was, even when we missed the first I still at least was on level with you, Chris, and I'd still be juiced even. Yeah, I I had one player who scored more than two points. So <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't have Defoe in your reserves. Oh, tell me you didn't. <laughs> oh, Decided God. to go for Lukaku. <laughs> My saving grace was Giroud. Uh, <laughs> Got me, got me two goals should have had a third and got me the bonus but uh, it was the first game speaking of Giroud talk about the Liverpool Arsenal game and uh, as I said save my fantasy football week with the brace but he should have had a hat-trick should have definitely um, yeah probably the easiest chance of the night from yeah and he just 
overran it maybe a little bit and it just kind of got caught under his foot I heard someone saying that Ramsey could have put him off because Ramsey stuck a foot out for it as well but I still possibly think I think Ram- Ramsey had a very good game um, when he got it on the ball and saying that like I thought Liverpool controlled the majority I said apart from maybe when Arsenal got to 2 all, they had a little period where they were the, the dominant side and I'm trying to think apart from the, the Giroud miss there was a couple that were kind of cleared away one um, cross Mignolet came from and the only thing that he did in the game <laughs> I think earlier <laughs> uh, you said to me it was like what 79 minutes or something yeah it was around the, the 70 late 70s 80 minutes and he, he comes through a cross and actually gets to it um, <laughs> which was more surprising than the fact that he let in a goal from a corner to, <laughs> to mimic Bogdan um, this could be the curse coming up positive is that we, we played as well as we did against the um, the top side in the league at the time it is still hard to join to Leicester Firmino looks like as he gets more game time he's getting sharper he's looking more like the player that we heard we had signed than the one <laughs> YouTube that, player yeah the guy, then the guy who showed up who was short of fitness and struggling with a couple of injuries he's, um, he took his goals very well the second one was a, a cracker yeah. the first one was just a nice quick feet and a tidy finish and then what about your say, your your uh one of your favourite players, your saviour on the day, Joe Allen. Yeah, well, the Welsh brilliant. Off the bench to score a to score with a, a volley, for it with um a couple of minutes to go. Yeah, we did not see that coming at all. It was a bad defending, because he had a lot of time. Because the ball was coming down, and I thought Bellerin could easily have won that ball. Because before Allen put it put it away in the corner. Just where it dropped, you'd kind of say yeah, you'd expect the defender to come get to it, but he was. Maybe he was just coming on to it and he was just in motion, whereas the Arsenal players were static and then trying to get there, I don't know. But he controlled it very well, in fairness to him. Uh, probably the last person you'd expect to, to put <laughs> that away, but thankfully he did. Um, I'd say the point was the least we deserved about it. I think we were the better side, had more chances, more shots, more possession. And had it not been for the two mini-lay howlers... Um, two at the near post which I know Stephen doesn't mind but probably <laughs> old fashioned I think keepers I do mind it but in certain circumstances so. um, how did you feel about Arsenal's first in terms of keeper at the near post oh yeah Jesus yeah that was my re- re- response exactly <laughs> yeah but that's we have to assume that's where Ramsey's going to put it he's not going to put a cross keeper in that case so he can see where the ball is going it's a narrow angle where the foe Kind of use the defender to his advantage and, and almost caught him off guard. There's no way I mean that he should have been caught off guard because once that ball is coming through, it, realistically, it's it's gonna go that side because there's not enough space in the far side. It's like, to be honest, you, you're a shockingly bad goalkeeper. Mm. I've the wor- even worse than that. He signed a new five-year deal, or he's close to signing a new five-year. It's just what I would like to know is like, and this is a question that Stephen actually brought up watching the game last night was. How different would Liverpool season be if they had check and nets as opposed to Arsenal having check and nets? Do you think? Well, I think we'd have got six points off Arsenal. If you look at the three goals that we conceded last night, mm-hmm. check would have saved probably two of them. And I, I and remember then the Benteke save he made in the first game. I think another keeper doesn't get that. Yeah. So that you're looking at a six point swing right there. So there. I think he he has thirteen clean sheets. So if they're already. twelve ahead of us, so we get six more. They get six less. We're level with them. Just on, on the basis of Peter Cech. Yeah. And that's just in those two games. Just And then, you, yeah, like you say, you can pick another. It's, it's amazing, like, the, like we've seen that United, like, 
the difference that De Gea brings to a squad. Oh, so, like, it's amazing how many points a keeper can bring. Like, Schmeichel did it for years for us as well. De Gea is doing it at the moment. Especially in those games against the, the sides you're fighting with, you're, it's double points. Yeah. yeah, like if we we win that game, it's not only are we getting three; it's three that they're not. It was a year or two ago that Sterling and De Gea nearly had like a one on one, like three one on ones, mm-hmm. and De Gea came out on top. It's it's those sort of things that you need your keepers to be doing. Yeah, and I I, I wouldn't be coming to Minule and that's to, to stop no, no. stop stuff. But then I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if you sign someone in the next three weeks. Well, you, we'll if basically you're signing Minule to replace Bogdan. I think and then you buy someone to replace me. Like, okay, he's, he's if he's not, a number two. Yeah, he's not a good enough keeper to be contending for a league title. And if that's where Klopp wants to bring the Liverpool, which I assume it is, you have to have someone better than than, than Simon Mignolet. Because like, he's, not, he's not starting for Belgium, obviously, because Courtois is there. I'd say he's grand being second or third choice for Belgium, but he's you can't trust him. Like I've seen him make mistake after mistake, parrying, parrying crosses and parrying shots straight to attacking players and the, this isn't a, a bad patch it happened last season as well it, it just makes the defence nervous as well it yeah. creates players in front of them to make mistakes that they wouldn't normally make as well yeah like a, some of your defending has been a bit like who, who are you defending Sacco and Toure Sacco who I think is, is very good I he think runs really weirdly though <laughs> I, can, I can live with that he's our, <laughs> he's our best defender um, he's been a bit erratic since coming back from injury but I kind of Skirtle being out as well which is his normal partner not that he is fantastic but at least familiarity is a big part of defending like if you've got the same four players you can like you said work on the line so that mm-hmm. you're stepping forward and back at the same time you have signed Cocker though for the season yeah he, looks, um, it, it he's played up front for us so far <laughs> it seems reasonably clever because he has experience he doesn't cost any money if it doesn't work out so be it if it does work out you sign him to a three year deal I think if he can show what he did when he was at Spurs, kind of pre QPR, yeah. then maybe yeah, I'd be happy enough. Mm. A decent member in the squad, but the worry is that like, he wasn't getting into the Southampton team, a team that weren't doing particularly well this year. Um, There's probably a reason for that. Exactly, but like like I say, sometimes all players need is a new club and they can they can pick up their game again. So yeah. I wouldn't be too disappointed but I hope that's not it I hope there's more new faces to come cool um, another three all game from the from the midweek games Stephen yeah. was uh, United Newcastle yeah. so Rooney with two and an assist some, some form he's in at the moment isn't it yeah he looks the last two three games he's looked fit he looks genuinely kind of slim Ballon form is it if he keeps this up Um. Was it four and three now or three and two or something Ballon like Bleu maybe Ballon Rouge <laughs> I don't know definitely not Ballon d'Or Um. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, like he's three goals in two games and assist. Looked much sharper. Like his pass for for Lingard last night was back to Rooney of old. There's the, the vision the that he actually meant rather than the one that Liverpool <laughs> yeah. had. got last week. You don't think Joe Allen called that? No. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Here, here Wayne. He rings up Wayne. Here, Wayne. I've got something that you can do now. But they they went two up, playing nice counter-attacking football away from home, and it looked promising. And then. They just let Newcastle back in. Like Newcastle should have been dead and buried. Some dubious penalty decisions, was there? Well, they definitely should have had one. Um, they got the Mitrovic one. Um, ours was, I think, it's a penalty. I I think it's a stonewall. I think, I think the rule is wrong, but I think it is a penalty. I for the rules. Penalty. Like he, the ball's gone over him. Why he has his arm out 
to the design. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know on... And I thought, listening to that on BT with Savage and Hollow, they they were like, oh, no way, that's a penalty and stuff like that. No, but I, I think their problem, and it's, it's a lot of people is, they're going by, because they played, if they were the defender, you'd feel agreed. But the law is, if you're if you're hands in that position, regardless of how close you are. But BT have thrown all those men. I think they can get better commentators. I, I do like the way they have Howard Webb there, though, to kind of discuss. They've kind of got who Sky don't want. Like they've got Gary Lineker, I think is quite quite good. But Owen Hargreaves, Michael Owen, yeah, no, Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage. Like, these aren't the guys no. that like Howard Webb, who every once in a while is like that's a penalty or that's not he's like he adds almost nothing like most of the time it's like one of the commentators saying Howard thinks that's a penalty or Howard doesn't think that like there's no value whatsoever to him they can probably only get him for half the game so the one that he's not there for 10 years so oh Howard in my ear is telling me the rest of the time he's out eating his prawn sandwiches cheering United on he can do that now he can be completely biased if he wants to be as opposed to when he was refereeing Completely unbiased, a bastion of integrity. So he was. But um, just like as was mentioned earlier, you know, like they need to be able to. They can't seem to find a, a strike a balance between attack and defence. No. Like you can either nil all or three all. But to be honest, the three all looked more promising because the nil all. I enjoyed they, it. They don't look as though. Yeah, but they, did, they didn't look as though they were going to win games. Whereas a three all, right? You can see it badly, but you can shore that up over time. It's much harder to score goals than it is to stop conceding them. I thought the uh, Van Hal kind of face superimposed onto the gladiator post poster. Are you not entertained? (laughs) 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 I was delighted to actually see a bit of emotion out of Van Gaal finally. See when Lingard missed the missed the shot. That was was yeah, it was off. But Van Gaal went back, hit the seat, and stuff. Lingard taking off, taking off, yeah. (laughs) But um. Uh, and Fellaini should have scored it as well. Really should have. Oh my god. Depied really well, skinned his man, got the ball in. It just, just headed it back across. Like, oh. Yeah, the, the, the only thing he's, he's on the pitch for. The only thing he's on the pitch for is to head the ball. That's true. Yeah. And he couldn't do that properly. Yeah. And this, even looking at, at the squad and the bench, there's just too many players that are not good enough. It, it, it's that simple. Smalling, who's been touted as the great next English defender after the start of the season, basically a fault for all three goals and some shape or form. His penalty was ridiculous. Yeah, I don't like, know what he was doing like, with Mitrovic. He, he was watching UFC and decided, <laughs> hey, I'll try this tonight. Like, like I, I don't know, think he was a three-tenth like, for a pin. That's all yeah, like, I thought Newcastle were a little bit unlucky not to have the penalty earlier yeah, in the game. Was it the first half? Was it Lindegaard's tackle? It was, yeah. yeah. Lindegaard, yeah. Oh, it, it was a, he got the ball about three seconds after he fouled him. But, 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 but it wasn't getting in. I, I just think, like, even the goal... The, it's, so it's a lovely finish both for Rooney's third and for Dummett's equaliser but yeah, the defending deflection though as well defending was shocking like, deflection off Smalling for the last one but even even without that the it doesn't take away though. from my enjoyment of the goal no I'm sure it didn't Chris <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it didn't. but like I, I still just had this sinking feeling that we weren't going to hold out for the win but I think there's always that worry on any side no matter how good you are if you sit back and avoid pressure See, under Fergie, I didn't feel like if, if we had a 2 0 lead or a 3 1 lead. It's because they always attacked. If they were, if it was 2 1 and 10 minutes to go, we'd still be attacking. It's more like you know you're going to score a goal. Exactly. Then stay at 2 1. Whereas Moyes was naturally defensive, Van Hal is naturally defensive. They want to win. 
by that, any means possible. So you, we need an attack-minded manager. Well, that, that's where Mourinho wouldn't suit because he's more oh defensive-minded. No, and I don't want Mourinho. And with all with the that successful teams, you had pace on the counter-attack. I'm trying to think. But that's that 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 like he dropped him out of. Yeah, and, first and time of the season, wasn't it? And you said that, yeah. and you even said it to me as well, that you felt that was a really good move because it brings pace. No, not, in, not for Mata. Not I, for Mata. I don't want to sacrifice Mata. I think him Play or, him in the number 10 role if you want. Yeah. If you want on the pitch. But so I, then you lose Rooney if you want, if you want play, Martial I, through the middle? Or I, I, I'd play... Well, they're not playing Martial through the middle, though. That's the problem. But if you play Martial on one wing and then... Depay is quick and if he can actually get his act together yeah I, I, th- I think it's too early to judge him Lingard, Lingard, Lingard doesn't have the pace I think he's quicker than Mata he's quicker than Herrera they play on, they play them Herrera is more central I think Lingard can play in the, in the wider roles but he's not as quick not if you're looking for those traditional wingers Young like, has, a bit of, has a bit of pace not Young does not Young, he used Young to, definitely does he still gets up and down that wing as well and Shaw when he's and playing does add to that it's as well still, it's still amazing like how much we've missed him this season and like even though we only had him for one season and he wasn't it was his first season it wasn't great but he started was, like a house on fire but then you had you had him in the right position leaving Darmian I think Darmian has kind of faded away with, with Shaw's plus playing in the position Cause as yeah, well. exactly because with, with Shaw and Darmian on both sides they looked very very solid now, I know for a while a couple of goals all going in down Shaw's side but Darmian has fallen away since since Shaw got injured and it's like it's it's not just the the lack of having Luke Shaw it's the fact that he's affecting the entire back line because Falling hasn't been as good without him so it's they're worrying times but I think that they need to buy and we've been saying that in every window and they spent quite a billion but they haven't bought the right players yet and until they they find out we can't even point as to where the players are like they've bought these players in good positions but they, but no, no one seemed to have that the, but over Van yeah. Hal has changed how he wanted to play like he he went with the idea of playing the three centre backs with the two wing backs that like the way he set up with Holland and he was trying to fit players into like, that and that, now that's kind of been abandoned it's abandoned because they conceded five goals against Leicester last yeah, season it's from that and game. pretty much from that game they realised or he realised that, that that's not going to work yeah, for him with the odd time still but like he doesn't it doesn't it's not his main focus mm. but uh, anyway moving on we, we, I'm sure we can talk about United Liverpool all night <laughs> if we wanted to but um, yeah another draw Stephen you must be enjoying all these draws that happened out during the midweek but, too many uh, goals too many goals in these ones so Chelsea West Brom Chelsea yes. taking the lead twice and pegged back twice too, too many goals too, too many, many goals. goals it should be in the law yeah now um Good game. Um, Chelsea should have won it. I think the the, the first goal, the West Brom score was a silly mistake from Pedro. It was really completely tailed off since he arrived. He um, tailed off. He hardly like set the place well, alight. He had a good debut. He did good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you say he tailed off as if he had ten great games or something. But the first month, he had two or three goals, a couple of assists, and then he just I think he wasn't picked for a while. And since then, he just. Because I thought he'd be perfect for them coming off the bench. Because that's what he did for Barcelona for so long. He came off the bench and had that. That's why he left Barcelona. He yeah, I think he was signed to be a first team. He was, yeah. Oh, yeah, but it, but I thought because he he went back to the bench, having not played well for a while. He's familiar with the bench. He, he, he yeah, should but, be comfortable. But his speed. It's a colder and, bench than the one he's used to. Yeah. Maybe it's just simply just that. But there's some players who seem to react brainly coming off the bench. I remember Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. was. Exactly. He popped into my head, yeah. But. He'd watch the game. He'd have the speed. Shane Long for Ireland. 
Yeah, that's for, for Zampin as well. Like yeah. he's he's starting a bit nowadays. Scored scored yesterday. Yeah, he's actually the Irish setup looks pretty good with with in this with McLean playing. Scoring, yeah, yeah. scores equaliser with ten minutes to go. Um, very neat finish at the end. It's just this was a game where in the past Chelsea would have walked, and because of the the lack of confidence, the lack of composure in their team, team here to come back at them. Like in the past, Chelsea would have won the look. That was it. Heads would drop as if yeah. you away at Chelsea. He, he knew the onslaught was coming and that you're going to have maybe one chance, two like chances. Teams that were beaten at Old Trafford before they walked out on the pitch and stuff yeah, like that. And, as well. and Mourinho had that at Chelsea for a long time, hitting head in his first spell, and that takes time to get back. Mm. And it only comes with four, five, six wins in the trot. And like Costa causing a scene at the end of this game as well. Nothing new yeah. there, really. Yeah. I, he was well behaved for as long as he could, wasn't he? A game and a half. <laughs> he just couldn't do it anymore. Crystal went and just snapped again. Looked across the whites. Chris, you had an interesting start about uh, Chelsea. Was it Chelsea having won two games in a row or something? Or? I'd love to take no, credit with that. <laughs> no, Stephen did a They've assist. won one match per calendar month. They've won one, one Premier League game season. every single month, Og. And they haven't got the, the second win this month yet. So <laughs> if that continues, well, if that continues, they won't make top half. Playing Everton this weekend, you know, not not, not an easy game. No, especially no, after Everton got that uh, surprising, I think, nil all at Man City. Nil all, Stephen. Nil all. Oh, what a fantastic <laughs> game that was. <laughs> work class defending in there. And work, in fairness to Tim Howard, work class goalkeeping. He he made some fantastic saves. He went he went off the ball for a bit, but he seems to. I think he's well everyone always seems to show up against City well, every team show up against the big teams they seem to be that kind of team they'll lose to the West Broms and the Arches of this world and then come back a bit like Stoke this season they'll come back against the big teams whether it be motivation or it's just complacency I'm not sure I just think the fact that they could keep a clean sheet against probably the best attacking side in the league goes to highlight the inconsistency of their yeah. like they Concede four at home to Stoke, and then they go away to Man City. Aguero, De Bruyne, yeah. Sterling. Yeah. Was a quarter of a billion or close to worth of attacking talent, and yeah, no goals against Everton. That Should I? Yeah. Like Barcelona rejects or, or smashing <laughs> four passes. But, but again, in fairness, it did take a Tim Howard superb performance. Like without without his saves, if, if, City, if City have the same transfer policy as Liverpool, then they're going to buy Tim Howard now, are they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they have a transfer committee like us, <laughs> um, maybe John Stones wouldn't be a bad shout. Not not after that last minute penalty <laughs> or <laughs> not penalty. I'm not sure which. If you, if, Stone what? Like, I think if if you've got a defender who gets away with it, you won't have to side as much as anything else. And well, you want a lucky defender as well as a good defender. That's yeah. I think that's why Chelsea wanted to buy him for so long to replace John Terry because yeah. They're yeah. made the same milk. The Chelsea they'll, ladies they'll are getting get feeling away. lonelier then. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on there after that. Quickly. <laughs> um, Spurs v Leicester. And uh, Hoot with a late winner for Leicester. And uh, someone you wouldn't expect to pop up with the, with the winner. No, definitely not. Um, Especially not the way Leicester you expect that. Mares or, or Vardy have something to do with it. I think, yeah. But Leicester probably deserved to go and they got it I think first half was mostly Spurs that fair few chances um, Casper made a great save against Kane as well yeah t- tipping it onto tipping the crossbar on, yeah, yeah. Um, then the second half seemed to be more Leicester and they did have a period of sustained pressure they had five or six shots that were 
either hit over or blocked by the keeper or blocked by defenders like throwing themselves at it and then yeah it was it was kind of from that like just a scramble that dropped a hoop then he managed to put it away yeah I think they definitely scored when they were on top which is something Spurs failed to do yeah yeah this is the that was the second time they're playing each other they're playing three three times in a couple of weeks with the FA Cup replay and stuff like that but the thing we talked about was when Vardy and Mares go to their slump Leicester are going to fall away but if they get performances even just that one defender coming up and scoring a set piece goal if you can get those other players to contribute while Mares and Vardy are off for and we're out injured like they're joint top of the league with 17 games to go like and some say like everyone expects to fall away and they had a bad three game and they only picked up I think one point but they're still joint top with Arsenal they go and beat Spurs who had only lost two games all season as well at home like Spurs are, are, are much better at home but in the way they're in the season they've been very good like isn't, so, isn't this what we say as well then like so if, if Chelsea when they won the league win, win, win a game 1-0 you're not used to win games 1-0 uh, Liverpool winning games only. like you say that's a sign of a team that can win the, but, win but this the is the thing but we talked earlier in the season that this is a team who who had what was it they were the seven most conceded goals in the league were 20 and 19 17, 16, 15 and 1st yeah but they think they shored up the back of it that's now the meantime. Well. they've conceded I think one goal or two goals in the last four or five games so which could point to Ranieri spending more time with them getting them drilled because I don't remember his Chelsea side conceding too many goals. No. Yeah, true. So just the more he's he's having. Maybe I mean, like he got the attacking going early on, but they were his first games with the club. Maybe as the time's gone, on, he's got them a little bit safer at the back. And yeah, we were saying that couldn't continue. That you still got to think of that, like if if they're in the shout in the run in, players will be so nervous and like because they, they and like they're just not expecting it at all. It depends. Like, Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, of course. Well, they have obviously a huge amount to lose, but if Ranieri can kind of keep the mentality, top four finish that has to be like. He, uh, I yeah. think at this stage, Ranieri is getting manager of the season. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think. Wait, 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 if it's going, very a math flap there, which I don't see happening. But it's it's more of a case of if he can keep them with the mentality of ah, we're plucky underdogs, we'll keep plugging away. The longer he can keep that going, then you never know. Like I think we saw with Liverpool that this season finished second, uh, it was always very much a case of ah we'll we're team building for the future and we'll get there eventually. Vendor says every until year. eventually, <laughs> until eventually the pressure, something happened the game against Chelsea, and there was pressure on them because I think that was the first time realistically that you're like if we win this we win the league title here, and the pressure got to Gerrard. It's how long Ranieri can keep them calm and relaxed. Because if you can do it for the rest of the season, then there's no reason why you can't be contending. Be interesting to see. Uh, the last game we'll talk about the Premiership was a, a real six pointer, Swansea Sunderland. Who would have thought, you Stephen, you'd hate this night? Six goals in this game. So, Chris, like, did you have, like. If Chris Heath's going to hate it too, because he had the phone in a bit. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> not, for, not for the first time I've made that mistake. It's five and two games now for him, is it? Yeah, um, I think it's probably highlights more the trouble at Swansea yeah Um, I think they had a couple of decent performances when they first got rid of Monk and you thought like maybe the change will do them good like the players are there they've still got some pretty decent players although they've sold Shelby um, 12 millions you guys but they sold to a team who are two places below them like that's the direct yeah, yeah exactly um, you must have been very confident of Shelby not being 
I think, that, I think there might be something behind that anyway because even against when they played Oxford did you see they were losing 3-2 with a few minutes to go and he just, he just stood there and watched the game go and he was like on his 18 yard line he was or just on the D so maybe he just doesn't care anymore maybe and he said he was kind of saying afterwards that he was just so happy to be to be out of there and yeah. he drove from Swansea to Newcastle for the deal Um, yeah I think he is a good player I mean we had him at Liverpool never really feel like you're getting the best out of him all the time it's kind of like very patchy like a couple of really good games and his form drops a bit but he's got all the attributes there like passing range and shots from distance it's just a case of being more consistent so like they got good money from but then like you said it's a direct competitor he could score the goals that keeps Newcastle up and Swansea end up going down I mean there's what two points in it now something like that yeah yeah, and the way Swansea are going it doesn't look like changing I mean Sunderland scored some great goals but some awful defending from Swansea big big Sam working wonders there is he to be fair though the defending off was never sending off like it was I think it was meant to be Andre Mariner he got six and he brought in a a lower level referee and you could tell straight away the number of goals the defoes all three goals could have been off I think only two of them were but um, (laughs) and then two of them should have been given they were now that's that's the line from the referee but depends the decision where he goes for the ball he's high and he does and in VA they'll kick him and his foot is raised but you have to use common sense I think it's the first game he sees a high tackle and he thinks oh I've sent him off never sending off and from that moment they scored a minute later and you think this could be a monumental win but 10 men for the bones of an hour and they couldn't hang on as we'll find out later on though Stephen if you're a man down doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the game eh? (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> no. no we'll talk about that later I think just to mention there the two contenders for goal of the month one from IU and then Van Arnholt two absolute screamers different yeah. types of goals Van um, Arnholt like coming in off to the left and just rifling one to the top corner there's a terminal for Norwich as well Houston's goal from 30 yards it was beautiful mm. just, just the ball just doesn't move it just goes straight line the ball doesn't spin top corner it's a fantastic goal nice nice so that's enough Premiership talk probably even gone over on that one a bit <laughs> but uh, just in, in the world of football I suppose the news today was that the two Madrid clubs Real and Atletico have, uh, have a transfer ban for bringing in minors yep. so same sort of thing that Barcelona have done for so uh, but Stephen did you say that Atletico would have actually been fined more yeah I think it's four times as much money as Real have so which indicates four that times as bold. it would indicate that they've been a, a lot worse in that area which I'm surprised at because you'd imagine with or like, what was your kind of theory on this Chris that they have uh, four times less influence <laughs> in the Spanish <laughs> government it genuinely could be that as well you, you wouldn't put a pass rail to have that kind of influence but it's it depends what happens whether or not like currently the transfer ban is for the, the, the summer window and the following winter yeah I'm now, expecting that they'll go and buy a load of players before they get banned like Barca well, did but I think what they'll try and do and it probably won't work is appeal it such that they get that window yeah, they, they get the summer window yeah. as well yeah. because Barcelona were able to do that because the ban was given so close I think it was April last year which meant that they only had a month in between that and the window whereas if they if that appeal fails they have 20, 20 or 15 days now to stockpile players and then they can't buy anyone for essentially a year a and a half so so what are we looking at De Gea Hazard but that's, that's the thing is like if you're 
Okay, if you're De Gea, if you're Hazard, if you're Bale, because really Ronaldo, if he's looking to leave, because if they can't bring anyone in, they're that's not the thing. Let him exactly, go. they won't. It's let great news for United fans, though. It looks like De Gea might be there for another year. Not if he goes in January. Or it means he's gone in ten days. That's the other worry. I can't see that. If if Real if Real find out over the next week that the appeal is going to fail, then what they're coming in with like fifty million. There they're going to go. come in with well, or unless he had that clause in his contract yeah. that we were all stipulating. Or what would think would be ready to go in January? It could be just a, a flat fee, when. whatever forty million, yeah. and he can go or whatever. The contract the United be protected their event, their interest that he couldn't leave for nothing and. He still gets to move to Madrid if it, it comes about again. You could see a massive flurry now of of four or five players potentially, um, and then if yeah, it can be a huge risk to let Ronaldo go now because if they can get the ban pushed, they can get rid of him in the summer and bring in an Hazard. But like this could this could change the entire scope of European football for the next two years. Especially if uh, Benzema's in prison. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at Real now, say if they don't sign De Gea, they don't sign Hazard, they keep Ronaldo and he goes off form because he's 30, 31 now. 31, 32. Yeah, yeah he gets injured. Um, they don't have the Hamas and Bale, they have enough strength and depth, but if they can't sign someone for a year and a half, they're going to struggle because it's what they do. As well they as that, players. they're so far behind Barcelona, I think. I know, I don't mean points wise, I just mean. In terms of where they are, well, yeah, you saw the last time they played was four nil or five, and you just you see this Barcelona so having the best front three we've ever seen, yeah. like in our generation, anyway. Yeah, and but also the major worry we haven't touched on it yet is that you you got a brand new manager. Yeah, so Zidane, the new manager there now as well. Now, I suppose it gave them a bit of a boost as well, but it, he, like I'm sure he didn't go in taking that job, thinking there'd be a transfer ban over. If, if he comes in and he can't buy anybody for eighteen months. He wouldn't first be job. buying anyway. But you, but you know what I mean? He eight, 18 months and, and he has new to... new players. His first managerial role, apart from the... The, the B-team. Yeah. Uh, you've got players there who... Some of them might want to be there because they're not being picked. You can't get offload them. You can't bring in... Say if he finds six months in that, all right, I want to play a certain way and I want to buy a, a left winger or I want to buy a whole midfielder to play a certain way. You can't. And he doesn't have the experience to, to coach up players, like to convert uh, I don't know, an Isco or someone to a holding midfielder, or convert a defender to a holding midfielder. He's not going to be able to do that, so it's got a few repercussions that Real could be... You could see them not finishing top two next season if the, if the ban is upheld and they can't buy in this summer and the winter. Who'd, who'd, who'd get the second spot? Atletico, I presume. But they have the ban. No, no, they can't buy either. Yeah, if they it, I, I don't think they would be as affected. I think if Atletico could go two years with keeping the same players, they'd be much better positioned than Madrid. They'd almost like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how many times have Atletico had to rebuild because Aguero and Costa Torres and, and Courtois? Of all, I know Courtois was on loan, but all these like key players that have gone and they've just constantly rebuilt. They probably love two years where they just had a settled yeah. team. And like, they're competing now. Only so, downside to that is if Simeone leaves. That would be, be the new manager coming in. in the yeah. summer, which is is possibility where you think United might be looking for a manager, Chelsea looking for a manager, City looking for a manager. If Guardiola Swansea looking for a manager, Swansea. <laughs> 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 PSG maybe you don't know. Yeah, um, just to wrap up the football. Then the Ballon d'Or happened over the weekend as well. 
And uh, Messi, five times player of the year. There's, there's not much to say. He's he's the best in the world. He has been since he he first came onto this planet, pretty much. <laughs> like he's not for the last two years. No, but he's been the best player in the world. Talent wise, he just hasn't been able to show it for club here. Did he had a couple of injury problems? Yeah, like I know it is always hard to say, but like best ever. Different generations. Kind it's of imp- I think it's impossible for any one person to say that because, because they haven't witnessed all the players. Yeah, I think you can only talk. To I think for, for our generation, and say yes. Uh, for our generation, I think there are people now who would have seen Pele and Maradona and Messi, and they can they can give a fair comparison. But like I said, I've never seen a full Pele match or a full Maradona match, so I don't know if if they disappear for eighty nine minutes and then suddenly come up with a wonder goal. It's it's un- definitely like I said, definitely the best I've ever seen. Um. Yeah, it's like he's just special. You know what I mean? There's no he does almost every single game he plays, like he doesn't have quiet spells very often. Or if he does it's just after injury. Or, or just the two goals he scores instead of the four or five. Game, yeah. The bad one for him is like a goal and assist if you game, yeah. So like yeah. the only thing he struggles with are penalties. Apart <laughs> from that, he is a complete <laughs> he should have like fifty more goals yeah. or something like that. Just give him the spares. <laughs> I'll happily take them. Yeah, and do you see like that? There's a FIFA team of the year. So had your like Messi and Ronaldo and stuff in team one. But they also did like a team two, three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. And uh, so De Gea was number two, so number two keeper in the world. So uh, a couple of people might disagree with that. Yeah, I probably would have said Buffon, he as he did get the away to the final. He didn't even make the top fifty for the Ballon d'Or nomination. So he made the, he made in the play the keepers like the of the top five teams. He's in oh, yeah, the but, teams. but for the Ballon d'Or yeah. vote, Italy didn't vote in protest. Because he wasn't on the final Ballon d'Or list, so Italy didn't. The coach, the manager, and the journalist didn't submit a vote in protest that Buffon wasn't in the top fifty, which is fair because Buffon, even now, is still one of the best keepers in the world. And Champions League final. Juve on that run that they did, he exactly. was key yeah. to that. It, it was ridiculous what he was. He there. made some incredible saves in that final as well against yeah. Barca. Yeah. We watched that. That could have been a lot more for Barca. Could have been. Um, he gave them a fighting chance. He did. They were level, and it was largely down to him. It was, yeah. So like De Gea being number two keeper in the world, though, isn't a, it's up for debate? But a huge shock. <laughs> Somehow, Wayne Rooney has made it into one of these teams, and is apparently it was it was team five now, but apparently Wayne Rooney is was good enough to make it into one of the top five teams well, which uh, team is Paul McShane on <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it 505 isn't the high enough number <laughs> I think that comes down to if you have a look at, at the voting and there's some there's people there voting for players who've had terrible seasons because of their names it's mates it's, and stuff like that no but not even that but like the coach of Guatemala is going to vote for the three biggest names he knows or if someone wants to favour from the English it's, 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 it's going to be messy Neymar Ronaldo probably or Suarez yeah but it could be something as simple as and you see like for the Austrian vote they went for <clears throat> I think two German players in the top three it's, it's almost as bad as the Eurovision the vote. Eurovision is just thinking people, yeah, people will, will vote for their, for their name like, like, it is, like if you look at Ronaldo's vote he didn't have Messi in his top three yeah, yeah, like there is favourites yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. Messi they, they, three Barcelona players Ra- uh, Ronaldo voted for Bale in his and you he know how much he dislikes Bale <laughs> but like speaking of that actually Bale made it into one of these teams he made it into team number four but surely like he's ranked a, he, he's a he's had a better year than Rooney has and oh by far but I, I think the thing is that Bale I know world record transfer he is known around the world because he doesn't, doesn't have from Wales and stuff like that as well rather than being a Spanish player and all I that I think he doesn't have the profile outside of like and that, it, that's everything in, in, in well. that country is Ronaldo and Messi 
and now Neymar. Suarez is quite popular. He, he is, but he didn't make the. Well, I suppose who do you leave out? Yeah, he leaves the fourth. Yeah, he was clearly fourth in the world, like. But like Suarez yeah. and Bale are level, not in talent wise, but in, in kind of popularity and in. Yeah, and I think Suarez and worldwide there. appeal. Suarez and Messi, or Suarez and Bale, sorry, are a level below those three. Yeah. Really Suarez is more like infamous rather than. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> never going to be the, like this pinup poster because yeah, of all yeah. the trouble, and I think Bale is probably seen as too quiet. Yeah. yeah. He thinks everything's not, not as charismatic as yeah. going to Not as what yeah, like exactly outspoken or kinda of arrogant. Yeah. I think what what Bell does, he goes for a game of golf on the weekends or on, on a day off like during the weekends of that where the others will be doing a movie shoot or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And for these kind of things, some of it is sheer popularity and some of it is It's branding. essentially a popularity contest for these it could be a for these multi millionaires. Exactly. Essentially this. Um moving on, a uh, bit of rugby talk now. Um Stephen you probably won't enjoy this either. It's not a good week for you at all. Oh, um, no, no. We're starting no. a positive though with Leinster and uh, Chris, a twenty-two nine win against Osprey. Yeah, this was um, a nice little distraction, I suppose, on Friday night as <laughs> as I was witnessing what was going on in, in the Exeter game that um, Leinster went away and won for it was the first time in seven years. Yeah, uh, first time since two thousand and nine. So yeah, yeah. Just about so, yeah. twenty fifteen, yeah. Right. <laughs> you scraped that is study in there. Fair play. Um, yeah, it's it's a place we've struggled to go in recent times. First time in the Pro Twelve, like in the in the league. We've yeah, won in Europe since. But uh, yeah, first time in seven years winning the league. There, I don't think that the Ospreys are as strong as they had been in previous games, but it's still it. We were. I was talking to Stephen about it. There are just some places that are bogey grounds. They. I remember when Tommy Bow played for these, and they used to just beat us. Every time we played them home the way, they just used to keep beating us. Yeah, there in Edinburgh, for some reason, you guys always had trouble. Even when Edinburgh were shockingly bad. <laughs> no, within it seems to be just one of those grounds. Yeah, but it's like in football, bowling teams, exactly. all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I was very happy. And seven wins in a row. Like seven in a row, yeah. Card. All the sevens coming up on this one. Seven, seven, seven. You're going to win a jackpot here, we are. There we go. Um, Say the number of points we scored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Carnier two tries and Elbury the other try Sexton had a good game as well so a lot, of, a lot of positives um, briefly on top yeah. after the game very briefly um, um, but as you mentioned there Scarlet's back on top they beat Connacht 21-19 and um, those Connacht are made to pay for the missed chances that they had in that game yeah and lack of discipline yeah. in the last five minutes it's it, 79th minute penalty to win it for Scarlets but these are the kind of things they were in the first half of the season they were able to get these wins getting now, on the other end of that win were they I know the first was the first seven games of the season they played against the, the seven worst teams right now and they've had Munster Ulster Leinster Scarlets they've Scarlets again next they really have a horrible little window and if they can I, know, I think they've lost all four of those games apart from the Munster one if they can get through that and still be in touching distance of the top four They've got the second half of that easy schedule again. Yeah. And yeah. and two of the three Irish provinces at home. So they if they can get a win against Scarlet at the home, they're definitely still in, in for a top four finish and definitely top six. Yeah, good stuff. Um so they could have a nice European Cup game. And um, speaking of the European Cup, Stephen, here we go, Munster. <sighs> so you're in your uh, Munster jersey right now, so you're you're still back in the team obviously. But uh yeah. is that their worst performance that you've ever seen in Europe? Um, Maybe not the last year against Claremont was difficult um, Saracen's game last year was difficult but this is a whole different level this was just the ease at which 
It was kind of like through. the team gave up. I, I have, it so. wasn't even gave up. It was just... Like, if it was gave up, it, it would have been a much higher score. I think... They were in the contest. They were doing the basics. But as soon as someone made a line break, I was like... When, when they you ran with the red card for gouging Stander, like, yeah. a full 40 minutes, I, I really thought, right, Munster But can it was... I think it was 13 nil at that stage. So it was still a huge comeback to ask. Away from no, I'm I'm not defending the first line <laughs> for a second, but thirteen nil down at half time, I would have definite bonus point, scrape a fourteen thirteen or a seventeen sixteen win, I'd have been happy with, mm-hmm. but to go twenty seven nil down against fourteen men. Now granted, some of the tries were lovely tries, but each each one had two or three blatant missed tackles. Like the last one was a disgrace from Zebo and from um. Earls, was it? It was Earls, yeah. Zebo yeah. just seemed to kind of to push him. He was coming at him and he kind of pushed him away rather than tackle him. Like, it's it's a worry that because Earls will always give everything he has. He mightn't be at a good enough level at times, but Zebo just looks as though he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care sometimes. I think his, uh, his head is already in France. The talk is that he's actually going to sign back to two more years, but snap performance, I'd. It looks like he's, he's, his head is in front. Like he said, it looks like he doesn't want to be there almost. He just, do you think he would be signing on if he knew that Foley was staying? Or do you think he knows that Foley's gone and that's why he's agreed to stay? Uh, well, he's, he hasn't signed yet. So whatever is up in the air right now, he's obviously kind of aware of the fact that once you're given Foley an ultimatum until the next month. And Foley um, has, has come out of himself after the game, didn't he? And say maybe... Well, and he's right. He came out and look. He is a, he's a proud monster man. He's going to know that things yeah. aren't going well. He and said, if I don't to. feel I'm good enough to do this job or I can't do this job, I'll step aside. No questions asked. Now they've brought in Farrell, Andy Farrell for a couple of months as an assistant or as a replacement. Sorry, well, no, it's as a defensive uh, coach. He's a, a consultant at the moment, but he's a, he's nominally defensive coach to give Foley time to focus. Foley's obviously there for his defensive capabilities as he was defensive coach before he took over as head coach. So I think this will allow Farrell to come in, do the defensive duties, and it gives Foley a chance to focus on being a coach. And maybe this is all he needs. Maybe because he was a player and then he went to defensive coach, maybe un- unlike Leo Cullen, he hasn't been able to leave his, his kind of his comfort zone. And by bringing someone else in to do that job, he now has to become a head coach full time. Even with Leo, I think they wanted to give him more time. I think he was still thrown in as well. I think they wanted to give Leo a couple more years. I think Foley did do the background work, though. Leo. A year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas Foley had a few years. Yeah, but I think. like I, I don't know, obviously, I'm not privy to what happened, but. Everyone always talks about, especially the pack, about how important Foley has been to them. And it does sound as though he's been still a defensive coach as opposed to the month head coach team, and yeah. you have to be able to not just deal with all 15 players including the basket to deal with the, the press which he's not very good at you have to deal with expectations from the fan base which he has not to deal with the player because there's 14 men around him I think it does look though he's, he's in the spotlight a lot more here yeah and he's not polished like it's it just looks as though he's in over his head Maybe in the future, if he had a couple more years, but he just looks a little bit lost right now. And the team are playing that way. It does feel good to get that off your chest. No. 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 <laughs> no, it's. I, Do you want to watch a nil all game? <laughs> <laughs> but a nil all rugby game, too, you'll be even more. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the defensive strength to put off nil all, no penalties within kicking distances is hugely impressive. Yeah. Well, there could be a lot of penalties and just have um, Keatley kicking them. <laughs> <laughs> or Jackson last week. Jackson last week. Jackson yeah. last week, but uh, he obviously listened to the pod. And <laughs> yeah, this is it. They're, the talking about, game. they're talking now about Ulster's stunning comeback. 23 and then half time, 124 23. Yeah. Um, who, who, who are they playing, Chris? What was it? Can you pronounce who they were playing? I think we settled on Onion. Onion. Onion, yeah. Onion, yeah. Or nah. Depend on Onion. Who, who says it? So Onion, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, onion. incredible comeback. I think Jackson obviously left out yeah. of the starting lineup. Same with Pienaar. Pienaar. Um, yeah, and then. They, their impact they had off the bench was incredible. Completely changed the game. You can tell, <laughs> yeah. Just like at that stage, it's it, it even a little bit brave to bring all three on because a twenty-three nil down, you might think, okay, we lost here, give them a rest for for next week. Did but you hear Les kisses? I don't afterwards. think they could afford to. Sorry. Did you hear Les kisses interview afterwards? No. Like they said, like he was like, so you brought three players on, took three players off, brought three on. He was like, if I could, I would have taken a lot more than three off. <laughs> like he said, he was not happy with any of them. I think because they're so far behind Saris, they needed, they need three wins, like including last week to have any chance. Yeah, true. So there, it wasn't a case of like, oh, we'll save it all for next week. They knew like if they didn't win that game, they were out for sure. And even you have enough at home, yeah, and don't even a win away yeah. way to Saris is no guarantee of getting through. So yeah, no, they, they, they still are Ireland's only hope though in Europe now. Well, well I think well, if in the Champions in the Champions they're they're pretty much true already. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, yeah, in the Champions Cup, but um, yeah, Jackson as you said with the monster penalty at the end to win it, and with with a fair bit to spare as well. Fair bit to spare yeah. as well. They almost threw it away, but then afterwards they had the scrum seventeenth minute. Had just all they had to do was win their own scrum, kick it out, lost that. A little bit of a, a trade of Irish teams. Not being able to close the game out. A couple of big occasions down the years. Um, just one or two that come, come, come to mind. The, the penalty against Wales and the 15th of November. The try in Paris in, that wasn't given again. <laughs> New Zealand in, uh, in the Aviva. Thankfully, more often than not, they've gone our way. This recording is absolutely crazy. I've had enough, <laughs> enough sorrow this week. Please stop. Right, well, Stephen, do you want to talk about the NFL? That always cheers you up. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, why not? Wild, wild card weekend? Yeah, good one. Very good. Um, it started off the best you could possibly hope. Very first play, the very first game with 160 yard kick off punt or kick off return for the Kansas City Chiefs they go up 7-0 and just steamroll the Texans and ended up 31 to nil. Hoyer has a four interception one fumble I think first half alone I'm not sure he came back out for the second half that's how bad he was <laughs> the Texans were just I suppose it, it's difficult when, when you when you go behind 7-0 having been kind of hyping the game up so important and you're behind instantly and then I think it was a interception very first um, drive and you know, after that then you're in trouble because you don't have the ball you're seven points down the fans are on your back like they're booing them Conference, the ball already. yeah exactly and they just never recovered now they, they, they lost Clowney before the game they lost Watt during the game as well and without JJ Watt this, this team is going to win games he's as important to them as most quarterbacks are so it was unlucky for the Texans but 
I think if, if you'd given him a, a playoff spot at the start of the season, people would reasonably have reasonably happy. So, the Chiefs win eleven in a row and go on to New England. Yeah, and then uh, I suppose the game I had my on the weekend that I was watching keenly was the Seahawks, and um, as I'm sure everybody knows at this stage <laughs> now, that uh, they scraped on through. Yeah, third coldest game in NFL history. Um, I was cold just watching that game. I was. <laughs> I, I, I just put a jumper on just watching it. Yeah, like the Americans talking about how it was between, I think it was minus seven and zero during the game. And mentally, you think ground it's fine, and then you realise that that's actually minus twenty two degrees Celsius, <laughs> and then you're like, "Holy crap, these men are incredible!" Um, yeah, Dubai Hawk. The Vikings, the Vikings. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you combine the Vikings and Seahawks, they'd be a good team. Um, Vikings were nine nil up going into the third quarter. Bear Walsh three out of three field goals. Vikings are going superbly. Seahawks bring it back to ten nine. One with a brilliant play from um, Russell Wilson, who pretty much sacked, evades it, throws thirty yards, and pretty much had set up the one and only touchdown in the game. Vikings bring the ball down to the, I think it's the 11-12 yard line, 26 seconds left in the game, 27 yard field goal, all Bear Walsh has to do is kick kick it over the same way he's done the first three and drags it left, Seahawks win 10-9, it, it's a, it was horrible to watch. As you said at the time, laces out or not? But yeah, as in, yeah, look, he even said himself afterwards that one of the early kicks in the game the ball had been in the wrong position he still kicks it over there's no excuse Like uh, I, I watched Mike Zimmer's interview afterwards the head coach of the Vikings and they're asking the questions about could they have done this could they have done this and all you can say is he missed a 25 yard field goal there's no one should miss that that's why they lost the game like, uh, I saw some people saying like, like, some people was, saying that like he was the one who got them 9-0 up and got them within the... Yeah, ex- exactly. What you want is your best players to perform, and he did, up until <clears> the most important... Like, looking at it, you, you would have been convinced that this is... I thought it was over. I thought Seahawks were gone. Yeah. Now, luckily, like, for my bet of the week, I had the the four, uh, the three away team and the Texans, so the bet was gone. But if I'd been... Like, I was up in the Vikings and just seeing that ball go left, you know, but it didn't even just go left. It went well. Oh, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't close. <laughs> it was one of the worst misses I've seen. Like, it's it's pure judgment. But Seahawks survive. Yeah, and move on to play the Panthers next. Yeah, that that's going to be an incredible game. Um, Carolina fifteen and one. They're at home. I, yeah. I think they're eight and zero at home. I think the one last away was was away to the Falcons. Russell Wilson has been on incredible form. You know, wasn't great the first three quarters, but like you said, it's minus twenty degrees Celsius. I think you're allowed to give him half a game to, to warm up. Um, Panthers are favourites, but that game would go either way, even even though it is in Carolina. Um, I think you said your bet of the week this week will have something to do with the NFL as well. Yeah, I haven't. There's quite a few kind of things up in the air still. Um, one of them being if Pittsburgh's um quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is is fit. He went off injured in, in their 18-16 win against the Bengals. And again, talking about throwing it away. Bengals are 16-15 up, a minute and a half to go with the ball in the Steelers' territory. Jeremy Hill fumbles to give away two consecutive 15-yard penalties. Pittsburgh go up the other end, 18-16. That's how you take a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes down to something as simple as the Vikings aren't used to play a football. They haven't been there deep for a long time. Steelers are there, they're about most years, and it comes down to being able to handle pressure. Yeah. 
Um, you also wanted to mention about the Rams relocating to LA. Yeah, um, LA has not had a team for twenty years. Um, so many different organizations and just um, team owners have tried to get any kind of team back to LA because obviously it's a huge market. The money there is huge. The fan base could be huge. Um, and have, from having no teams, three teams applied. So the San Diego Chargers wanted to move there. The Raiders wanted to move there, and the Rams wanted to move there. Now Stan Kroenke, who's the Arsenal chairman, um, succeeded in getting the St. Louis Rams moved and the Chargers have been given a year option. They have a year basically to decide if they want to join them. The number of options, the, basically the Rams are going to build the stadium in Inglewood and it's to do with the Chargers can either rent it from the Rams, they can co-own it, or the NFL will give them extra money to build a new stadium in San Diego. And that negotiation has gone on for 15 years. And they can't get stadium built, so what looks more than likely is the Chargers will either go this season or the following season, and the Raiders will either build a new stadium in Oakland or they're possibly becoming the San Diego Raiders, which is a very strange move because they're such arch rivals. It, yeah. it's, it's strange the way that can happen. So in why would football. the team want to leave? Like, well, why would they want to leave San Diego? Why do they want to leave St. Louis? Why do they want to leave Oakland? But the team, it's like it's, it's nothing to do with the players; it's the owners. For it's everyone, money. LA is. Is the golden ticket? You, you can't you can move to New York. There's two teams there: the Giants and Jets. They're going nowhere. LA is the second biggest market, and it's 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 guaranteed money. The revenue they get from fans, from TV, merchandise, everything. Now, why would fans just support this team because they've moved from one part of the country to the other? Though that's what I'm wondering. Like, like yeah. because if, it's similar to like if, if Liverpool moved to London in place of Chelsea all the Chelsea fans wouldn't become Liverpool fans like how does it this work is, in this America isn't, this isn't fo- I said, this isn't soccer this isn't football you know what I mean it's very much a case of franchises do move in America like the Rams weren't the city with Rams before they were the LA Rams so they're going back to LA they've been there before um, teams like the Chargers were the LA Chargers before so they both have previous teams who were in that city so it's the Raiders, I don't think, possibly the LA Raiders have existed in the past. The Raiders moving to San Diego is a strange one because there's never been a presence there. But because San Diego are gone, there's a whole market there. It's all about market share. It's about how much money the owners can get. It's, but if you're, it's a fan, to do with if you're a fan of San Diego Chargers, let's say. I am, yes. Which you are. <laughs> and so, does it, would it not be weird for you to go, oh, now I'm an LA, LA Chargers, LA Chargers fan? fan. Or, or if Oakland moved in, would you not be like, uh, like if I lived in San Diego... But that, that's the thing. There's two different. There's two different things here. There's fans of the city you're moving into, who've been starved the football for twenty years. They're going to want to go to games, and over time they're going to build a fan base. So you're going to have a huge amount of people attending the, the first season of the Rams, and the first season of the Chargers because there's six, seven, maybe ten million people in LA. How many of them are football fans? Like it's college football is huge there. They've got three daughters in California based in LA alone there's a huge amount of fans there who won't want to go to the games and they'll pick up the team over time it's the fans of the place he left so St. Louis Rams there's no team in, in, in Missouri now so like the Colts have already they're probably the nearest team they've already sent out kind of feeders on Twitter asking the, to basically pointing out how far the St. Louis Stadium is from the Colts Stadium and say come along next season come to be our fans for San Diego it's different seems very fickle or something yeah but like, they don't have a choice we'll support whoever's playing here this year as opposed to but, but the fans don't have a choice what happened like, there's, um, I think it's Baltimore were the Baltimore Colts and the Colts were, were moved to Indianapolis now you fans there who want to support a team 
We okay. support a team that play in a different country to us. We don't go switching to other teams because they're like down the road from us. But that doesn't happen. Teams don't move in 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 this country and in the UK. Whereas Wimbledon went to MK Dons and then I was in Wimbledon as yeah, well. And fans and fans in travel. And that's a very much of a, a football with the way you're looking at it. In American football, it, it does happen more often. Franchises do move, and if you, if if it was me, if I, I, I'd be carried as fan, but if a franchise is set up in London eventually, and it's the London Jaguars or whatever, I'll go over and support them. You know, they might be my second team, and that might happen. But so if the Chargers, if the team has abandoned you, if the Chargers the move and another team move into San Diego, are you a San Diego fan or are you a Chargers fan? That, that's what I'm trying to get yeah, at. That's yeah. the question. I so are you know. the franchise fan? Or are you the, the state's fan? Well, I think... And in, and are people in general, are they... So it might be different people who live in America. They might be the state's fan because people, teams move into their state. But NFL's gotten so big now. It's huge in here. In Ireland, it's huge in the UK. Well, from my point of view, I don't think it matters that much. So, so, so in your case, you're a San Diego Chargers fan. Will you be an LA Chargers fan? Or if a team moves into San Diego, would you be a... Oh, no, I... I think I'd be a Chargers fan purely because I've, I've watched this team the players I don't care who owns the thing but I've watched Philip Rivers for the last decade I've seen the, the, the draft choice that they've made over the last few years you don't suddenly abandon that like if that you'll still follow that team now over time it's in my weekend but it's difficult when it's different when you're further away because my slight affiliation with San Diego is like my J1 there oh yeah, so exactly and that's why I support them but I, I, I now know the players there I, I know the quarterbacks I know everyone who's playing in that team next season 45 of the 53 team players are still that team they're still the Chargers team who are playing the same team I, I watched suck this year <laughs> it's I, I think it would be very different if I was from San Diego but next year I'd still be supporting that team and seeing if Philip Rivers can get them to the Super Bowl no matter how unlikely it's when that team moves on then be interesting to see but I suppose if you're still following them and as people come in you'll be aware of these coming yeah, exactly. in so. and, and, yeah, like, right now it, it, it's, it's a question that I'm having to kind of think about because I don't know I've never had a team move city or move like it, it's a strange phenomenon to us especially mm. but it's something that I wasn't aware of anyway no definitely oh, yeah, there's huge trouble in Baltimore for years the Colts left now obviously the Ravens, the Ravens are in now, the Super Bowl champions now, yeah and now when the Ravens play the Colts there's still bad blood there because the Baltimore fans haven't forgotten right. and this happens a lot of that so so Stephen really enlightened us there so uh, Chris I think it's your turn to enlighten us all about UFC yeah um, where to begin I suppose do you want to start with the fight night in Boston that's going start up, the preview yeah go on um, so the main event is Dominic Cruz back after another year or so out through injury to try and reclaim his title that he never actually lost it was taken from him because he was injured for so long. So, um, Which is fair enough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think he's had one fight in the last three years. What was the injury? Uh, two ACLs, <sighs> torn groin, and a couple of other things in between. Just, just a few <laughs> just injuries, yeah. Just that, yeah. So <laughs> just a torn groin alone. You can see why uh, he's missed a few, uh, yeah, few years. But um, apparently he's he's back and better than ever. And in fairness. His last comeback fight lasted a little over a minute, and he looked incredible against uh, Mizugaki. Um, absolutely, like, manhandled him. 
picked him up and threw him to the ground like a up, yeah, and that was it so he was pulled off him and the fight was over it was kind of like all that pent up aggression from being out for so long so kind of fascinating to see if he can do the same thing again he's fighting a different caliber opponent this, this time though he's fighting um, Uriah, Uriah's former pro- protege TJ Dillashaw who's now the champion so it's kind of Uriah has had a recent win he's going to be cage side kind of looking to fight the winner he's either going to be teacher against student or else he's going to have a, a rubber match against Cruz Faber is the only person who's beaten him in Cruz's 21 fights so they've they've won one each so that would I think Uriah has said he hopes TJ wins because he wants to settle that grudge match yeah um, yeah Uriah um recruited TJ out of college um, and he was at Team Alpha Male for I think six years and only in the last couple of months he has left camps to set up over um, with um, Dwayne Bang Ludwig so there is bad blood between the two of them yeah um, apart from that on the card there is Anthony Pettis and Eddie Alvarez that's Pettis's first fight since he lost the title to RDA, um, who is now going to fight Connor? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so, so Pettis looking to bounce back against Alvarez, and then we've got Travis Brown, Matt Mitrione, just a, an exciting heavyweight fight, um, and then the the final fight on that um that main card is Ross Pearson against uh Francisco Trujillo, um, and actually my my bet of the week is to. Pick, try and pick the four winners on that so I've gone for Pearson Travis Brown Anthony Pettis and the slightly one I'm unsure of is Dominic Cruz to uh, reclaim his title yeah uh, yeah he is the <laughs> underdog so, but um, he's lost one fight brings the odds up for you anyway yeah so it's just over six to one so Nice. looking forward to the fights and I'd be happy if that comes in I was going to say is this one of the fight nights are you looking forward to this one now yeah um, not as much as the last one but I think any fight night that doesn't have Robbie Lawler isn't as exciting for me but um, <laughs> yeah I, I think the, these Patiently two patiently waiting for Robbie Lawler's next fight already absolutely um, yeah can't wait it's um, Nick Diaz has just had his um his five year suspension on his half a million I think it was ban uh, reduced to 18 months which is up in August and 100,000 and it's unlikely but if there was a way of making a rematch with him and Robbie Lawler it would be incredible Nick actually knocked out Robbie Lawler back in the day this has gone back a good few years but just the way the two of them fight that would be an incredible I think the problem with that is Nick would have to fight once or twice to get in position and he can't can't just throw him yeah he's been out for 18 months you can't just give him a title shot ahead of people that are waiting like likes of Tyron Woodley yeah Um, the other thing I just touched on was obviously the the 197 announcement yeah Um, Connor trying to do what what no man has done in the UFC before hold two belts simultaneously Um, BJ Penn the last man to try and do that but he came up short against GSP and obviously it's not going to be as much in the limelight but another intriguing fight is going to be 
Holly Holm defending her title for the first time. Yeah. And it's not going to be against Ronda Rousey. It's going to be against Misha Tate, the uh, the one she stepped over to win the belts initially. So yeah, that'll be an intriguing matchup. And what I, I read a piece though actually about how UFC are kind of put themselves in in a tough situation now with UFC two hundred coming up soon enough. That what happens if McGregor loses and Holm loses? I think home isn't home has done really well since she's become the champion she's got a, yeah. a huge following that she never had previous I think but both of these fights so what I'm saying is both of these sorry to interrupt you there yeah, both no. of these fights are difficult enough fights that they're not kind of gimmies let's say and you can't be giving people gimmies either no but at UFC 200 where people not have like loved to have seen McGregor still undefeated Going into something, Connor's and not undefeated though. He's lost twice before. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. undefeated UFC. Unde- yeah, Un- undefeated, and, and in the run he's on. I think if if Connor loses to Dos Anjos, he goes back down. He's Edgar. still the champion. He gets yeah. Frankie Edgar exactly. And, and that fight is like huge. He's gone and tried to do something that no man has done before him. I don't think he's going to have any less interest in him after that. And what about Holmes at Rousey kind of at two hundred? Rousey, I heard today she won't be yeah, fighting at two hundred. Yeah. She's going to take some time off. She's obviously got her movie, movie commitment. She's going to do Saturday Night Live. She's going to host that. Yeah. Um, from what it sounds like, she, she could be off for till closer to the end of the year or maybe not till the autumn at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not her um, for 200. I think Connor will definitely be there. He'll either be there as a double world champion and probably defending the, the featherweight against Edgar. Is not very close, though. If it's only three months and he had any kind of serious injury, his be, plan is or to for anyone. But that's what Morgan says about having your two because yeah. two people who are really in the spotlight at the moment are Holmes and McGregor. Well, Connor's plan is to defend both titles twice this year. So in his mind, he's going to win the lightweight title. He's going to go back down, defend the one he won against Aldo, back up. back up, win, down, and then finish off at lightweight in the year, defending that for the second time. Is that not ridiculously ambitious? course it is, to, the, to the point of almost stupidity everything else he's done has been like this though I mean no one else has come close like obviously BJ had the chance but you're looking at I'm trying but to he think. hasn't fought like this is his first he, fight he, at, was, at, at a, he, he was a cage warriors which obviously is not the same standard yeah, but he was a two weight world champion in that and he as far as he's concerned he's never lost either of those belts he still considers himself and if you think about it, the, the fight at featherweight is against Frankie Edgar, who was the lightweight champion for a long time. So well, yeah, he's fighting. No, no, bearing in mind Frankie was small for the weight class, but he was still the champion. If he can do it, there's no reason why Connor couldn't either. But it just seems like he does. I know it's six, incre- six fights means huge money for him, but surely four fights this year, defend each title once, and then give yourself. A recovery time and B kind of more time. Well, if you do want to grow your brand, give yourself more time. A fight every three months is not crazy. I mean, it's probably no. But if you're saying he's he's won one, gonna win yeah, the next one. Yeah, that was last year. Then the fin- okay, fine. So, so, four yeah, 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 in the space four of- so win the title, then go up. Then you have to win the, win the title, go down and defend, then go up and have his first defense, then have his second one. If you know, so it's no. only only one defense in the lightweight division yeah, four fights and, and one winning. Oh, sorry, put him and defend twice in each division. No, and that is for it is doable. It's yeah, it's like the definitely the higher scale of a champion. Probably only Demetrius Johnson would. Well, Aldo, would, what did 
But he was seven or eight defenses in five yeah, years. Yeah, but he was kind of two fights a year. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. what I mean, like compared to he like kind of had a lot of problems with his neck and stuff like that. So, but yeah, the lighter weight fighters can fight more often, mm. especially if they're like if he has a couple of fights like he did against Aldo, <laughs> thirteen seconds, no damage taken. <laughs> yeah. he's going to be able to to do <laughs> what he wants to. He can hit on every single UFC pay per view <laughs> that you wanted to if he's doing in thirteen seconds. But um, it's it's going to be a. Uh, an interesting couple of months with the build up and mm. see if he can, can do history. I know you've been looking at flights for us already. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready <laughs> to be fair, this like combination. Right? Why not? Yeah. Sure. We could go with your lotto win, Glenn. <laughs> it's not that much. Not that much. <laughs> Steve Steve's time is all to go over. No problem end of Vegas. Was four times this year you said? Yeah, go for each one. Well they probably well, I'm trying to think would they all be in Vegas? Probably with him, they would be. When's the thirtieth, Stephen? Yeah. Conveniently around, I think it's UFC two hundred four. So. So he does one nine seven two hundred. We say two hundred four, and yeah. then the end of the year. He gets slightly injured at two hundred to give himself recovery time for my birthday. <laughs> I think that's fair. So then, does Andy know we've got a trip over? She does now. <laughs> She's a keen listener. She, is. she promotes us a lot, she does. I saw her doing it on Facebook as well. Um, just to wrap up the UFC, what do you make of uh, the petition to get McGregor's face on the back of the one euro coin? It was kind of entertaining while it briefly lasted. Yes. Got thrown out pretty quickly. Yeah, I never really expected anything to come with him. It's kind of it's but also just being the year that's in it, being the hundred years of rising. Yeah, I think there's probably a few people ahead of him in line <laughs> to get a coin. Quite possibly, just just saying like quite there's... possibly. And then I saw people saying like, oh, we've had like Kay Taylor, who's like been champion multiple times. Oh yeah, but in fairness to her, she has never had the global appeal that Connor had already. She's no. a huge Irish appeal, which I suppose is Irish money, but globally he would be a name. But there's like, if you're going to do that, you're going to have people from Cork. After Roy Keane, do you know what I mean? It's Paul O'Connell. No, nah, you, you don't give it to people who walk away from the country. <laughs> <laughs> Paul O'Connell, you the show. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, that's uh, you. You told us a lot, Stephen, about NFL. Chris, you told us a lot about UFC. There, there were some there were some good chats. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed them. Your sport this week is. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the bet of the week right now. Okay, and uh, it's about time that we actually do uh, win one of these because. Um, <laughs> It's costing us a lot of money. It's, losing it, the week. it's getting a bit ridiculous now. We're, we're getting worse as the year as the season has gone by. But uh, Chris, your turn to place the bet this, this week. Yeah, so I think based on previous weeks, it is slightly more of a realistic bet we've gone for. I think so. <laughs> it's not the thousands we're in. No, just the uh, just the six hundred and seven return for our, our thirty the, quid. The three of us. So if people listening want to jump in, it's a tenure. We'll get you just over two hundred quid. So we've gone for West Ham, Leicester, Spurs, Man City and Southampton all to win. And we're hoping that that's going to be the first of, first of many. many yeah. <laughs> first of many. Was we we think we got rid of the jinx and it's just taken a little <laughs> bit of time for... Don't call Gary names. <laughs> <laughs> it was around this time last year that um, that we, we broke our broker up and... Uh, Myself and you, Chris, we got our first win. So, uh, fingers crossed it happens now. Uh, we need it. So, uh, this, this, this is the money I'll use to get me over to Edinburgh for the uh, for the Pro 12 final. And, of course, to Vegas the first time. 
And to Vegas the first time, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all going towards our Vegas ones. Um, so, yeah, we really need this win. Hopefully, it comes in. But uh, I suppose almost it for the week. Um, but I suppose before we wrap it up, question time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. This has been killing me. I'm not going to lie. So, as I said, we had two, three all games during the week. Um, also, had another game that Foe scored three goals in it. So, three was the running team. So this uh, we go on to know which two footballers who are currently still playing professional football have the most Premiership hat tricks and how many do they have for a bonus point? So Stephen, I've only got one name and I'm sure you're still playing football. I'll go Kevin Phillips as okay. one. Chris can go for go for one of yours. I'll say Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane, okay. And I'm hoping you. Didn't realize that DJ Drogba quit football recently, so I'm gonna go Drogba. Drogba and you are gonna. I have no one. I will say Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch, and in, if you have got these right for a bonus, do you want to go how many hat tricks they're on? I'm gonna say. Six. And I've just. Can I please change my Drogba to. You cannot. I cannot change. Five. I'm okay. going to say it anyway, Ronaldo. <laughs> I forgot Ronaldo, Jesus. Um, okay. All right. Oh, let's change to Ronaldo if you want. Obviously, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> um, so, six was correct, but you don't get a bonus for that. Okay. Um, so, Some pride. Rooney has six, almost made it seven, and Suarez. Free Premier League hat tricks. Premier League hat tricks. Yeah, no, I saw this. I only read this today. I saw the thing, but I never clicked into it. I was hoping you would do. So, as you know, Shearer is top. Got nine of his in a three-year period when he was at Blackburn. Got the other two with Newcastle. Thierry Henry? Henry's on seven. Yeah. I thought Defoe was high up, but then I didn't... Four. Yeah, I didn't think he would be included because... No, half of his are in cups. The last one was against... It was for Spurs against Wigan and they won 9-1. But uh, there's a few, so Michael Owen is on a higher number. I think he, him and him and Henri are on seven. I think it is. Fowler, yeah. Fowler is on is on the list as well. But um, yeah, the two that are still playing, they're on six. Rooney and Suarez. So no Suarez points is, for anybody. Suarez is very impressive. Very mind like, short. Yeah, exactly. He played Norwich a few times. So, so uh, we're all six against Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> probably were, Quite yeah. possibly. But um, I suppose that's it for another show. Uh, there's another huge week of sport ahead of us though for us all to enjoy I'll be in the RDS hoping Leinster can show a bit of pride in Europe when they play Bath and, uh, and then and then <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we'll all be in town on Sunday watching Liverpool face United so uh, probably close the Wolves yet for that again is it? I think so yeah I think so the usual, the usual spot um, 2 o'clock kick off there and uh, yeah it's one of the biggest games of the season for the three of us anyway so uh, for two of us, I'm not, not sure about the other. <laughs> not so, not so sure about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, enjoy your weekend, lads. Until Thank next you. week. Same to you. See you until next week, then. Cheers. Cheers. Now get up one more round. Get up! Don't let him down. Fight this guy hard. Come on! Come on! He's no machine. I get the Nobel. Get up! Son of a bitch, making love.